This is Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches verse by verse through the book of Acts. people engaged in a disagreement and and both are seeking to understand get perspective you know just need to understand where you're coming from then eventually both will when you have two people coming in saying you know no you're not understand what I'm saying you know I don't know why you always do this you, you need to listen to me if you just shut up and listen that posture now you have two people bouncing off each other continually and there's never going to be resolution and often that's the way we approach relationships As Pastor Robert continues his teaching series through the book of Acts, he'll be reminding us that there is a right way and a wrong way to have an argument. If you're genuinely seeking the truth in an argument, rather than purposing to win the argument, the conflict can actually be fruitful. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert with today's message. Conflict can be good. It can be beneficial. Proverbs talks about it repeatedly. One of the most often quoted passages says that as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Well, how does that happen? It happens through conflict. It happens through disagreement. It it happens as we rub up and grate up against one another and we bounce off of one another. And that's how iron gets sharpened. He says in the, the scripture says that in the same way iron sharpens iron, One man sharpens another man. The way iron sharpens iron is that, you know, I mean, how do you sharpen a knife? You're rubbing it against another piece of metal. You're, you're, you know, or or a a rock. I mean, you're something else that's hard. You're, you're scraping it to an edge. You're, do you understand? Conflict, friction. It can be a good thing. It can be a good thing. I tell young couples, old couples too, fighting is not a problem. Fighting badly is a problem. And what I mean by that is that conflict in a marriage can be productive or it can be harmful. What's the distinction? How you go about it. You know, you all, you just, you're always doing this. Okay, now, that, counterproductive, that's harmful. You idiot! You just, you're a moron. I can't believe you. Somewhat counterproductive. Would you agree? It's, that's not going to sharpen. It's going to harm. That's like, you know, you take the blade and you're whacking it against the rock or the other piece of stone. No, you're gonna, that's going to knock chunks out of it and gouge it and harm it, damage it. On the other hand, when you do it smoothly, firmly, smoothly, you're gonna, it's going to be productive. You're going to eventually come to, you know, have that fine, sharp edge. With conflict, you know, we, in, in Bible studies, we used to do more interactive Bible studies. 
And almost every week I would have to remind the, the people, you know, as we gathered together, listen, it's good for brothers and sisters to wrestle together with truth, applying it in our circumstances. The problem comes when we start beating each other with it. When we start using it as a weapon, then it becomes a problem. Now, if, if we're both, if you have two people engaged in a disagreement and, and both are seeking to understand, get perspective, you know, just need to understand where you're coming from, then eventually both will. When you have two people coming in saying, you know, no, you're not understanding what I'm saying. You know, I don't know why you always do this. You, you need to listen to me. If you just shut up and listen, that posture, now you have two people bouncing off each other continually. And there's never going to be resolution. And often that's the way we approach relationships. I love what we see in the Scripture here. It, we're told that this conflict developed within the early church. Very first one that we see in, in, among Christians, there's a, there's a conflict. You had two groups of widows primarily. One, they were all Jewish, but there was one that was, that was more culturally Jewish. The Hebrews is the way they're described. And then the Hellenists that were more Greek in their culture. They had assimilated more into the Greek culture. And they were apparently being neglected in that distribution of, of food. They weren't, maybe they weren't getting as much. They didn't feel like they were being treated fairly. Whatever. And, and so they brought it to the apostles. They brought it to their leadership. And their leadership said, okay, it's not good. You know, we, we can't stop what we're doing, studying, praying, teaching the Word, in order to make sure that everybody gets treated fairly. You know, wait on tables in effect. But here's, here's what we need to do. We want you, and remember the congregation was thousands at this point, you look among yourselves and you identify the leaders. And that's another issue that came out. You know, that not the people who wrote the biggest check over the last year, but the people who are living out their faith among you, men of integrity, Men of wisdom, full of wisdom, full of the Holy Spirit. Identify for us those men, and we'll appoint those men, seven of them, to make sure that the distribution of food is equitable, that this is handled the way God wants it handled. And they did that. And so we met really seven men, but only two of them that, are, that we're going to continue to hear about, Philip and Stephen. The others we really don't hear too much more about. But those seven were the first deacons, the first who were appointed to practical servant roles within the church. It's interesting when you, when, you, when you consider it, and we talked about it a little bit last week, that these men, what they were being given to do primarily was distribute food evenly. And the apostles said, but they need to be men of integrity, full of the Holy Spirit, and wisdom. Why? Well, because they're going to be given visible roles within the congregation. They need to be men who are already setting an example for others to follow. That's a leader. A leader in the church is one who is leading, setting an example, living a biblical life to the best of their ability. When they fail, being open and humble and transparent about it. Just, you know what? I didn't do that very well. I did, that, was, that was wrong. Would you please forgive me? Leading by example. And, and so they established that. And Stephen, as we saw last week, was not only willing to serve, he was willing to speak up. He was going into his synagogue like he had always done. But now, and, and understand, the synagogues had kind of an open mic. They didn't have one speaker. They didn't have one preacher. They had, people would come up. You know, anyone that was a, a member that was a regular participant, you know, or for that matter, apparently visiting, 
um, because Jesus would do it in different synagogues. Paul later would do it in different synagogues. But they could come up and read a passage of Scripture and then, and then talk about it. And so apparently Stephen was presenting Jesus Christ, you know, Jesus as their Messiah. He was presenting on occasion or regularly from the Scriptures that message to this synagogue of the libertarians. And they were disputing, and we saw last week, that they couldn't really argue with him because his, his wisdom and the spirit in which he spoke, they just they couldn't refute. And they got frustrated with that to the point that they hired men, the Bible says, to lie and make false, false accusations against him to the ruling council, the Sanhedrin. And so we pick it up now in chapter 6, verse 13. says, They also set up false witnesses who said, This man does not cease to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs which Moses delivered to us. And all who sat in the council, looking steadfastly at him, saw his face as the face of an angel. Then the high priest said, Are these things so? Now give me your attention. Their accusations were that he speaks blasphemous words against the temple, there in Jerusalem, that's what they were talking about, and against the law of Moses. And that he said that Jesus was going to destroy the temple and change their customs, their you know, the, the way they live their life, their traditions, and, and so forth and so on. And, and they're, they're in this, this uh, state of upheaval. Now, we're, we're told there that they were, they were lying about all of this. Now, we're not given details about, you know, what was true, what wasn't true, whatever. We're just, they, were, they were false witnesses. And they're coming in, they're saying, we've heard him say this, and we've heard him say that. And in fact, they've just been hired to lie. And then the high priest turns to him and says, defend yourself. What do you say? Is, any, is this true? And as everyone in the room now is focused on Stephen, his face is like the face of an angel, whatever that means. And we discussed that a little bit last week. You know, my first thought when I read that is, is like the little baby face. You know, we had a years ago, somebody had donated a, a painting that was, you know, the little angel baby which you don't find anywhere in Scripture. But, but, you know, we think sometimes, you know, the little, the little sweet, little, calm, peaceful face. And you just don't find any of those in the Bible. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain. The name of our broadcast is our goal for this ministry, to keep the main thing, the main thing, Jesus Christ crucified, glorified, and honored as we study and apply His Word. Maybe you're listening right now in Miami-Dade County and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet Sunday mornings at 9.30, 11, and 12.30, then again at 7.30 p.m. on Sunday nights. For more information, call us at 305-531-2730 or log on to MainThingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Thanks, Tracy. At our website, you'll find today's broadcast to listen to or download. 
and we also encourage you to prayerfully consider financially supporting Main Thing Radio. With a gift of any amount, we will send you an MP3 CD of the entire Book of Acts. A secure option for you to give has been provided via PayPal. That's all available at MainThingRadio.com. Or you can send us an email at questions at MainThingRadio.com. Again, thanks so much for joining us today. Mark your Bibles in the Book of Acts and join us next time here on Main Thing Radio.